that heavens to Betsy. My name is Matthew Kroll. And it's a good old-fashioned sleepover with guns. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Werewolves Within. Matt, I'm just going to come out and say it right now, and I don't want you to beat around the bush about this. I want you to be completely direct. Right. Are you a vampire? No. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, that rules that out. Okay. Why? Uh, What was the... Why? Is it it because... I tend to have various raw meats and and viscous uh, red liquids in my refrigerator. And you smell a lot like bad garlic. Oh, well, yeah, but that's because I've been taking an Italian cooking class and I'm not good at it. Are you taking an Italian cooking class? No! I oh, wish yeah. I was. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, that Remember cooking fun. classes? I know. Um, it's just that if you were, I would be like, you got to make me Italian food now. <laughs> well, hey. all the more reason to do it. Yeah, like go take an Italian cooking class. Take any cooking class. You got to cook me dinner. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I know. I got I got three meals, and uh, you can have one of them. <laughs> I got three three meals. A ten year old boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not no no Jenna Marvel's reference, although I guess it was. Yeah. Uh, I got chili. Yeah. I got uh, baked chicken and a vegetable, and I got pizza. You make pizza from scratch, and that's it. Uh, yeah, I have, and I can. <laughs> uh, eggs are my thing and French toast. That's it. Mm. That's what I can do. Basically, egg-based dishes are what I can cook. Now, would either of us make a good sandwich? Um, I have been known to throw down when it comes to grilled cheese. Okay. Uh, you know, okay. like with gru- you know with Gruyere and Gru- with caramelized <laughs> onions. And- I mean, you could make a good grilled cheese with like dirt craft uh, singles and potato oh, no. chips do, too. Do you remember? Do you remember Jean Favreau's movie Chef? Yeah. And the the whole grilled cheese thing with that. And then, sure. by the way, I, we've had this conversation on the podcast before. Uh, welcome to the podcast, everyone. Hi. Uh, but uh, the have you have you ever watched the Chef show? Yeah. On oh, not the not the show. No, 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 no. Oh, you gotta watch the show. The show is the like I'm middling about the movie. The movie has grown on me because I think it is it has led to a legacy of interesting things. I don't think the movie is that interesting. Sure. Um, because it's it's sort of just a a, a single line of a movie. But I like that it's basically Favreau's midlife crisis as as manifested into a movie. Right, right. And, and I like that he pulls in all his Marvel favors for it and that it re- reconfigures him. And it's sort of interesting to think about it. <laughs> And that's it because it's about the you know it's about the chef who's kind of like, you know like is has has fallen out of favor because he has done the obvious things and then it now wants to sort of regain his roots and right, that's what the right, film right. kind of you know plays as it's it's like I said it's a little bit of a one line uh, movie but the actual chef show that followed on from it which is an extension of that what I would call the midlife crisis kind of thing, but him and Chef Roy are just now going out and cooking food, so there's no pretension about it. Um, it's just it's, the pure straight to the vein, the source. Yeah, and it's just them. It's like guys hanging out cooking food, and it's like, now, I, I'm, I'm down for this. Now, how many people get murdered during it? During the Chef show? Yeah. Um, there's definitely been a few disappearances. I mean, um, Robert Downey Jr. appears in the first episode, but doesn't appear again. So you think he's dead? You think? Do you, now, second question, follow yeah. up. Do you think John Favreau is a werewolf? Uh, I don't think he's a werewolf. I think he's more. He he strikes me more as a warlock. Okay, not like a uh, a rakasha or a. a uh, I don't even know what a rakasha is. Uh, a it sounds r- like I think an I said exotic person. Uh, Rashaka. It sounds Rick, like an exotically Rick named girlfriend that I might have had in college. No, it's, like, no, it's uh, another kind of transforming beast. Um, <laughs> well, in that case, maybe we stop talking about John Favreau I'm cooking just good food. To, like, let's, no, no, let's do food. Let's do how why are we? Why do you want to talk about this movie here? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I'm here to talk about the movie. I just want to take the longest route possible. Well, I'm I'm going to pull you back, yanking and and, and screaming, uh, kicking even as it were. Uh, I can't even get my own analogies correct. Um, yes, we are dealing with all of the spooky, scary boys becoming men, men becoming wolves, uh, werewolves, not swearwolves. Again, referencing other werewolf films uh, when talking about this one. Uh, I actually kept forgetting about this movie. Wow! Um, even I as knew... we were starting the podcast? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm like kind of over the last year. Like I remember seeing something for it and being excited and it falling off the radar and then feeling excited and dropping off the radar. And then even you reminded me of it like I think a month ago to, to possibly do on the show. And I got excited about it and I forgot about it. Um, I just felt th- like you would be the most excited about it because it has been touted as one of the best mo- video game adaptations of all time. Um, <sighs> so 
the interesting thing is, I don't care. Like, uh, the, you've, you've, this is a topic that you have championed many a time on the oh, podcast. Oh, 100%, 100%. But I, when you call, to call this a video game movie is true, mm-hmm. um, but there's not a lot of, like, like, okay, so the game Werewolf, or in, in this particular case, Werewolves Within, which is a mm-hmm. video game version of the game Werewolf, which has been around forever, mm-hmm. um... It's kind of like I, I don't think I don't think of this game as a video game. I've never played the video game version of this. I know it exists. I know all those stuff. But like the game Werewolf uh, is uh, sort of a party game. You sit around and you play it around a table. Um, so I've always thought of it as a card game or an in-person game or even just a social exercise game. Right. Um, so so when like I'm like, yep, they made a video game, but the video game is literally just the. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, the online equivalent of sitting around a table game. And again, you can do that. Monopoly made a video game, and you can play Monopoly online. Like, that, you know, that sort of thing. But it's just, it's weird. In my, in my, in my brain pan, it's like <laughs> one step away. Right. Like, there's no characters you care about. You can't even, you can't even give it the Clue experience, which I've been, I've been diving into Clue, uh, actually. For, I'd love to do it on the podcast at some point um, mm. for a little bit for a couple projects that I'm working on other places. And uh, Clue, at least, you have, like, at least the tokens and the names from the game to play. Um, although, to be perfectly honest, I will say this, and write us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I don't know if the characters in this thing are based on the video game characters. I don't think so, because there seems to be a lot of sort of, like, stereotypical, like, characters in the video game uh, art. There's, like, a gypsy and a cowboy and, like, a couple other things. So I have no idea what the uh, what the video game version of this is. Okay. Uh, so it just didn't connect with me in that way. It is technically a video game movie. Yes, it is. But I, for whatever reason, its pedigree to get there makes me be like, eh, okay. Like, it can win on a technicality, I guess. Like, right. Yeah. Huh. yeah. That's it. Uh, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I, I, can, I can see your rationale for that. Um, but, you know, it, it is based on a, on a video game IP, and, and that is the adaptation. It's produced by Ubisoft, and, uh, you know, based on a property that they own and have developed over years as a video game. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I see where you're getting at. But I, I think it comes down to me like that sort of Hitchcock thing, which was, uh, you know, and and you can go back. Uh, uh, video movie game video adaptations is a topic we've talked video about. Video movie game times. adaptations <laughs> is something we've talked about on this podcast several times over. We've, uh, we've done, done couple, live shows on we've it. We've done live shows about it. Um, but the the quote I remember or uh, think about from Hitchcock had to do with his adaptations of novels, which is that he said uh, something along the lines of um, first and foremost, he doesn't, he never wants to adapt a novel that he thinks is excellent. He only picks novels that he thinks are, um, have potential as film stories Mm -hmm. and maybe haven't realized their full stories. And then his second thing was that he, uh, when he's ever uh, adapting a novel, he'll only read it once and then immediately try to forget about it as much as possible so that sure. he's really just creating something from scratch. And, yeah. and all he's sort of grasping to is the essence of what that thing was mm-hmm. um, that got him excited. And I think it's the same, you know, we've had this issue with video game movies um, uh, before, which is that the the draw card of, you know, video games are very complex uh, complex machines, um, both in terms of engagement and in empathy and emotional generation and narrative uh, construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, host a uh, YouTube channel all about that. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so it's th- the actual translation of most video games, as we've noted, has been fairly poor. Like there, there haven't been many video game adaptations that have actually stood, you know, um, stood strongly sure. as works of art on their own, or as adaptations that that have demonstrated how to translate this in an effective way. You know, it's funny. We just did, I think uh, it might have been the last episode of the Extra Credits show. Uh, we did why video game movies still uh, stink. Right. <laughs> um, and we teamed up with uh, Nando from Nando V Movies uh, mm-hmm. to do the script. And uh, the, the uh, spoiler alert for that video, if you haven't watched it, go watch it because it's a very fun video. Um, but the, um, the conceit we came to was that the reason why video game movies tend to suck now mm-hmm. is because <laughs> before it was 
people making them didn't fully understand them. Now, it's years later, people who have been playing video games are now making the movies. People understand them, but I think they're almost a little too afraid of the fan base now, which again, in gaming culture, you can't really blame anybody. Um, and... Like so, the reason why a lot of uh, these movies, these video game movies, the most recent being Mortal Kombat, are kind of uninteresting from a narrative perspective, is they keep putting in blank slate protagonists to be the audience surrogate, hmm. and that takes away from the time you can do with the with the game's actual story. That is the reason why people are excited to see it adapted in the first place. And uh, so you're not going to make the diehards happy because you're going to get more Cole Youngs and less Scorpion. And you're not going to make the new people happy because the new person you added is boring as fuck. So, like, that was one of the big reasons we posited right now as to why video game movies are failing. Then you have a movie like Werewolves Within, which, uh, again, it, it, it does it one step better, I think, uh, mm. if we're looking at it in this sort of lens, where it's not taking, like, characters from the game, because as far as I can tell, and again, werewolves within players, diehards, correct me, email yep. me in, um, there's no, like, centralized character in the game that people can play as, that, pe that are, like, people are fans of, even beyond, like, the closest thing I could think of is if there were characters that were named consistently like Professor Plum and all those from Clue, right? Right. But even then, we don't know the characters. Uh, most people probably don't. So they're taking what the what they're taking the experience of the game and trying to make it into a movie. Yeah. Um. And that's fine. Um. And we'll get into sort of this film and what it does in general. Uh. But I do think this is a step closer to the right direction overall. Mm -hmm. Uh. In video game adaptations, take the thing. Take, take the elements that you know and that people are interested in. In this case, the gameplay of Werewolf, which is basically a yell at your friends and accuse them of things and hopefully don't kill the wrong person in the game. Right. Uh, and turn it into a movie, which we've seen a lot of these movies, I mean, throughout our time on this podcast and just watching film in general. Like, there's always sort of the whodunits. Right. Right? Like, Clue, again, I keep talking about, but even like... Knives Out. Knives Out, yeah. And then I kept also thinking about um, uh, Ready or Not. Right. Yeah. Like and that. I all I, this movie made me think about Ready or Not a lot. Um, right. So, so the genre, like the 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 IP, as it were, is just a skin for a already existing genre, and I think that's fine and yeah. it works. Um, but again, there's just I I go back to maybe that's another reason why in my brain, without having to like make two extra connections. Um, I don't like really think of I, I, it is a video game movie, no question. I just don't think of it as one. And, um, and and before we go, I mean, as we go further into it, I think that is the success of this movie mm. as a video game adaptation, which is that you don't think about it as a video game. Sure. And you don't think about it in relation to its video game. Like mm -hmm. at times I, I kind of went, oh, that must be how the video game works. And that's cool. But I'm actually not thinking about it as it doesn't feel artificially placed within the movie like the so the central mechanic of accusing your friends of being a werewolf and figuring out who is the werewolf feel you know is ostensibly what the mechanic of the game is as far as i can understand having not played it at all yeah but when i watch it in this movie i don't feel like it's a grafting on of the video game into the movie i feel it feels like a natural extension of what's happening in the movie yeah and, and that's and, and that that to me is kind of the great success of it as a video game movie is that you don't ever feel like this came from a video game. Well, and that's because it's it's a it's the circle of of experience life. Yeah. Uh, this movie is based off of a video game that is based off a tabletop social game that is based off of experiences of watching whodunits. Right. Like but so it's it this game has its basis in cinema from the get go. Like right. so, but I don't so think that's coming, a I, I don't think it's that's not a like disadvantage. A, that's that's a why it works, but yeah. it's also you. It's a it's a very easy line to follow. Like, and that's cool. Like, I, I think when doing stuff like this, if you can do this and make it sort of work into things, I think that's a that's a good move. Especially if the if the thing you are adapting is an experience and not a, a narrative. Right. Yeah. I I think I think that's what I mean. You know, like if you think about Silent Hill, which is essentially based on cinematic experiences that have been translated into a game and then retranslated back into a movie, and that's one that doesn't quite work as a movie, in my opinion. You know what's so <laughs> funny? Yeah. Uh, I have a very soft spot for the first Silent Hill. Of course. I have, I, I have, hold on. I have, yeah. I have defended it 
yeah. a ton. I rewatched it during the pandemic and yeah. I had to shut it off. It's I was not, like, I was like, I, yeah. I can't. I, I think I'm there's some beautiful anymore. stuff in that movie. It's, yeah, it's, there's certain parts that but are it, gorgeous, but 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 like you watch it and you go, this doesn't quite work as a movie. And but almost, you know what? So, I'm sorry, <laughs> we're talking about Silent Hill now. It actually is a lot of the script and the acting, and not the fact that it's doing anything wrong with the IP. Like there's yeah. there's a like because I've played uh, Silent Hills one through four, The Room, yeah. and uh, it. That movie delivers the experience of a Silent Hill game with a story that is on par with the Silent Hill stories, except polygons on the PlayStation 1 with, with really cheesy voice lines Works. did better jobs <laughs> yeah. getting across the story than the actors did for whatever reason in that film. Yeah. Um, it, it, but, I mean, I think, you know, like, as you kind of identified it, even in your uh, in, in the video that you guys produced for Extra Credits, the running line with video game movies is why do they all suck? Like, why ca- why hasn't anyone adapted one um, particularly well. I mean, but, I still, I still posit that Mortal Kombat is the king. I think, yeah. I think, I think the original uh, '90s Mortal Kombat does exactly what the original '90s Mortal Kombat video game did. It was, it was the essence of what it was. And I don't believe that essence is like a ton of hype and gore. That's what made it popular. But it feels like a cheesy martial arts movie in a magical world that we're following three fun characters through. And that's what the game was. And that's what the movie was at least the first movie right um uh, <laughs> annihilation and the new one do not follow that uh at all at any rate could you tell us uh g- given that we've given a lot of this away at this point what werewolves within is about sure can <laughs> imdb <laughs> sorry it's probably the worst one really? i think wow. ever not ever but in in recent memory <laughs> Feature adaptation of the video game where werewolves attack a small town. I mean, you know, hey. It's uh, actually not accurate. What? Uh, what, what? Because that's not what the game is. It's a deductive reasoning game. It's right. not like that. You're not like defending a town from werewolves. You're you're sitting around and discussing and trying to point and figure out. It depends. Anyway. What, it depends what the prefix is for where werewolves attack a small town. If that's sure. If the prefix is video game, then yes, you're correct. If the prefix is that it's the feature adaptation where werewolves attack a small town. Then perhaps it's correct. Did gr- yeah. grammar people email us in at onlymoviepodcast? It, again, it doesn't matter. It's it just, doesn't it, matter. It, it, I couldn't, <laughs> like, this one's slightly wrong and not enticing. Like, at least sometimes when they're wrong, you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, this just didn't, just, uh, you know, again, well, I. Yeah, but I mean, like, let, let's quell this myth now. How many people gonna... are watching movies because of the IMDb description? I don't know one, but this is the thing. <laughs> I, this is where this is going to bite me in the ash here. Yeah. One day, we're going to get the person who works at IMDb, who is in charge of, if not writing, then cultivating many of these things and putting them on the website. And they're going to come on the show, and I'm going to get lambasted. Uh, <laughs> I, well, because I don't think it's what... I, I think you're treating it as though that it's like a conscious choice. I think this is an amalgam of you know people submitting press releases, sometimes user-generated. You know, like I think it's a, it's a, a mixed bag of wherever that jumps into that field. I don't want to hear your bullshit logic and reason here. It's one person named Mr. Database, and and he puts these things on here to enrage me. And one day we will meet, and it will be like the end of the stand. <laughs> um, Matt, I was excited to do this um, in no small part because I've been following closely the career of Josh Rubin, who uh, is a a former alumni of UCB and College Humor. um, With a phenomenal Instagram uh, With a phenomenal Instagram page. And he's currently uh, making an active campaign to petition to be the director of uh, a Darkman reboot, uh, which I'm really enjoying. Uh, Josh Rubin made a feature film a few years ago called Scare Me, which I have not seen but heard many great things about uh, and quickly jumped onto Werewolves Within, also equally receiving excellent reviews for his direction. And a person whom, after watching Werewolves Within, I am excited to see more of their work. Uh, With all that said, I'm kind of giving away my position on this one, but Matt, what did you think of Werewolves Within? Um, I thought it was really fun. I thought uh, it... It did what I wanted it to do. Um, I went in for a horror comedy. That's what I got. Every cast member is just dripping with like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's joy or skill or all of the above. They just seemed like they're having a good time playing these uh, a bit larger than life characters. Um, it, It was great to see 
um, uh, Sam Richardson and uh, Milana. I never, I never remember her last name. Vintrub. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, uh, but, uh, sort of as the two leads, uh, and all of these other actors whom I've seen in other things. It was just really nice to be like, oh yes, I know that person. I know that person. I know that person. Uh, and so that was really lovely uh, to sort of experience. I think the um, weirdly the art direction is the thing that grabbed me the most. Like the town, despite having only a few locations. Uh, really felt like a cohesive place centered around this one old cool-looking inn. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes in these films, I I don't gravitate toward the place so much as the people. And here I was like, ah, yes. Like, I understood where we were most of the time. I knew this, that, and the other thing about the place, and that helped draw, bring me in. Um, I, yeah, th- this is this is the weird thing, though. I, I I might even be coming down on this a little bit harsher than I think you might, but then again, I, I don't know. Um, this movie, to me, felt like uh, things I'd seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know if it's thematically, because again, the whodunit is an old trope, uh, mm-hmm. and we've seen some exquisite whodunits in the last uh, few years. Um, and And this one... I don't know if it was because I um, kind of it lucked into maybe figuring out who the werewolf was, or, mm. um, or 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 something, some sort of like X factor that I haven't really put my finger on. I'm hoping we can sort of dissect it as we go in. But like the beyond when like there were small character interactions and like and and in specific moments, especially when like everyone is sort of like yelling at one another and like funny lines slip out here and there. Uh, it had my attention, but I wasn't, like, fully engaged, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, which is strange for me because this whole thing is right up my alley. And I'm confused as to why, um, because I like everybody involved. I think the work of everyone involved is is wonderful, and I want to see them all thrive. But there was something there was something amiss in, in that sleepy town, which I think was in... Uh, New Hampshire, New Vermont. Yeah, I, I thought it was upstate New York, but because oh, they, uh, they thanked uh, the city of New York or the state uh, of New York. Well, I don't know where they filmed it, but uh, there was uh, like a map, and they oh, showed uh, where Beaverville is. Yeah, I where I Beaverville. Was, I thought it was Colorado. Was. I thought they sort of referenced Colorado. At some oh point. no, I thought it was in New England. Doesn't even matter. It does. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, overall, I enjoyed it. I would suggest it to people who like this sort of thing or who like sort of like a, a tinge of uh, of uh, comedy in their horror. Um, you know, a-, a la like what we do in the shadows, etc. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, I liked it, but I, you can hear it in my voice. I'm kind of like, ah, eh? like you're, you're, you're hesitant on it. I am, and I, I, I don't want to be. I think that's the other weird thing. Like, I want to like this movie more than I did. Mm-hmm. And I let's see if we can place it. So tell me about the things. I mean, it seems like you liked it, right? Like you, you were really down with it. Uh, I was, uh, to be honest with you, and I, I think to me, uh, I, my major takeaway from it was how effortlessly charming this movie was, mm. and how delightful Sam Richardson and um, um, uh, uh, Milana Von Trapp were on screen together. And I was like, you know, the, I felt that they had sort of the magic chemistry that really can make what I what I agree with in your in your assessment uh, a sort of familiar story trope and kind of a, a film where we kind of know what the beats of this film are eventually going to be uh, I think the magic of this and the genius of the way this movie works is in the casting of those two people yeah and in the way in which um, the writing and the directing kind of just allows them to have their moments between them I uh, Sam Richardson was just so delightful in this movie I I like literally I was just like this dude should be in everything from yeah. now on because he's such a he's such a charming presence, you know, like in a way where you're like, ah, oh, I just really like this guy. He was and, literally the only good thing in the Tomorrow War. Right. I have not seen the Tomorrow Don't. War at all. Yeah, no, Don't. I'm, I, I'm but not he was he was delightful in that. He yeah, was great. I mean, I, 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 my primary knowledge of him is from Veep, where again I think he's delightful, uh, and then just to sort of like feel like this movie, you know, perhaps because he has a producing credit on it as well, gives him and um, Milana the the space to to really do what it is they do. I, I've actually I, I've been working on a couple of other film projects recently, or or seeing um, at, where we've had to watch a lot of reference films. And, you know, one of the things I've sort of noticed sometimes is like when I'm watching movies where a comedian is trying to be 
um, a dramatic actor, and you're going, well, I think they're really doing a good job. Um, but at the same time, I kind of go, I wish this was a comedy because that's what this person yeah. is so good at. And I wish this this movie was really taking advantage of what this person is good at as opposed to forcing them into another place. So uh, with that said, I think, you know, like the genius of this is that casting and, and this, the effortlessness with which the cast plays off of each other. Um, I, perhaps by the time of airing this podcast, I'm not certain we've, do, we've been jumping back and forth a little bit in terms of the recording order, but we did a film recently, which I'm not sure when this plays, if that episode has dropped yet or not. Uh, I, I, I think it has. I mean, we can, we can make it happen whenever we want. We can make we it happen, want. but I just, I'm, just, I'm noncommittal about that. Okay. At any rate, we talked about a director whom I deeply admire, and I remember uh, one of the notes that I had about that Yui episode. Bowl. Uh, yes, it was Yui Bowl that I wanted to talk about was that in the conversations around directorial flourishes and what makes a good director, we often think about um, their eye in a cinema in a in a sort of photographic way, mm. and we sort of think more about the composition of a shot as opposed to the content of that shot. And I think what in, in the case of that filmmaker that we were talking about, who I guess I'm hoping we've had that conversation about, one of the things that I think that they're a particular genius at is blocking. And blocking is this sort of like amazing part of filmmaking that doesn't get a lot of attention. It mm-hmm. really, and it really is the heart of how a, how a film often works. Like I, I like, you know, I'll say it. I think Zack Snyder is amazing at composition. Mm. I think, you know, if you look at his films, his films are so beautifully composed. Well, his but, things, most of his images are just slow moving one image that has like slight movement in it. Like he right. likes that composition element. Yeah, yeah. But the blocking of shots, you know, and in terms and, and oh, blocking yeah, those, has yeah. to do with like the movement of, of elements within the shot mm-hmm. and how those movements often correlate with the editing of a shot. So it really is like taking into account the sort of full scope of the cinematic language, which isn't just photographic by nature it is you know it's 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 it involves time and pace and rhythm and that's um you know this other director is amazing and i think josh rubin in this film demonstrates this sort of amazing quality of blocking all of these scenes really beautifully at times he's dealing with casts of up to like seven or nine people on screen and there's a sort of innate sense of of where people are how they're relating to each other what the depth of the scene is and how the camera and edit works within with all of that you know like it's a really tricky thing to do um and he's it just seems effortless with him you know like I, i just think there's a sort of sense of timing with this that is that 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 really really works and it has to do with timing with actors you know like whereas uh, someone who, a filmmaker who i think is rightly referenced in this film is edgar wright and you know the similarities to hot fuzz really feel appropriate to me um you know he's a filmmaker who's really good at the rhythm and pace of editing in terms of like continuing oh, a story forward and this is not quite at the edgar wright level in terms of that propulsive quality that edgar wright has however I think what what Josh Rubin does here in within individual scenes demonstrates like a really strong and, and a gift that I think is is quite hard to come by, which is the ability to pace things out with people in time in a single frame. That is a great point. That is one of the distraction points for me. What that 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 you felt like it was an Edgar, Edgar Wright. I film. felt like it was like. Eighty-five percent Edgar Wright, and not yeah. hitting, and like the the ching punk, like the noises onto things and cuts and things, and none of them landed. Now, I, granted, I, now hold on. The 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 thing that I think did work beautifully is between those moments, the transitional moments, the things you're talking about, the way that the blocking is done, how they how how eight or nine characters in a scene can move around in and out, have a line, time it correctly. That is. That is choice. That is like skillfully, skillfully done. But I was distracted every time there was an Edgar Wright-ism in this movie. I was questioning why huh. they were doing that. Huh. Like I, I felt it was like an entirely appropriate stylistic, you know, like if you're if you're saying we're gonna do a movie that is in this genre, 
that feels like this. I, like, but it felt I, like I a mimicry. It, it felt like it felt like uh, a, a nice impression. You you know what I liked about it was that I didn't feel that it was overused. I felt like I I I saw it. I understood it. I knew where it was coming from. I I also felt like it wasn't overdone. It tapered you know? off by the midpoint, which was yeah. Nice. I, I I I I think it was. It was used in an appropriate way, but it didn't need it. I I I think that might be one of my points. Is it, it was distracting? To, it it pulled your eye away from the other skillfully crafted stuff. Or I, let me rephrase: it pulled my eye away right. from the other skillfully crafted stuff. But but to be fair, the the thing that I'm talking about, which is the, which is the blocking, is also something Edgar Wright is really good at sure. and does really well. And this reminds me of that as well. Yeah, like I, I'm I, talking specifically about the transitions in that in that. Right, way. right. Um. Right, 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 right. It, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. Um, but I, I think that is really, really skillfully handled. And I think, I think there's a sort of uh, a real um, kind of skillful eye behind all of this. I think what happens in a whodunit, particularly one that is um, surrounded by supernatural qualities, you know, like in Knives Out as well, um, that there is a there's a quality to it, as which is that once you catch up with the movie. Uh, there's sort of a ticking clock in terms of your enjoyment, and you could probably plot it on a graph in terms of, you know, like once you've caught up with the movie, and the the longer the movie goes on from that point, it, the the amount of enjoyment you will have with it, you know, decreases over time. And I think you know there's something with this where that is certainly a factor. But I but the other side of this is I felt like this movie understood where the delights were, which is not the reveal of who the werewolf was, but also but instead what the the interactions between characters and allowing those moments to have space and even the final reveal is really baked not in the reveal but in the interactions of those characters and it brought yeah. you know like it brought up like a really fun idea here which is that um you know uh, you know I, I guess maybe this is the other quality about this film that I quite liked is that it references our time and where we live today in terms of like me too and the nice guy thing and 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 you know like what how how people perceive themselves you know yeah. like there's an overt reference to Mr. Rogers which is played for played for laughs. That was brilliant yeah. Yeah and then I think you know like it brings up this idea that you know like I I uh, I love this line that um, um, Sicily has at the end of it, which is that I'm a fantastical creature that eats things, uh, which is more real than someone who enjoys your jokes and is attracted to you off the first, you know, like immediately. Yeah. And I, I just, I loved that. I loved that line because that was so cutting and so uh, prescient and fun and like seemed to understand the moment in a sort of great so way. Yeah, it's and, funny. Like that's a that's a phenomenal moment. Yeah. But then it instantly got me thinking when it when it finally was revealed in spoilers, I guess at this point that uh you know, Cecily is the werewolf. Yeah. Um when that is finally revealed, it always I, I think Knives Out has spoiled me. Yeah. Because it got me thinking I was like, well, she had him here alone forever. No one knew where they were. Why? Why? Wh it made no sense. Like, like I, I think I, in I, whodunits, in whodunits, I only need one thing. Right. I think really, and that is consistent motive. <laughs> and and I, that I think is my second. If I have if I have two minor strikes, and again, I'm I'm sorry if I'm coming down on this negatively. I actually really did enjoy my experience watching it. But yeah. but I think that's my sort of second and final negative is. Um, the 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 drive or the reasoning behind the thing was never consistent. Um, I I mean I guess I I I I think to me, there's it's also a, not the point. Yeah, but, there, there's a there's a there's a thing about this which is that I'm so enjoying what is working about this movie that the logic and rationale of it doesn't matter so much as much as I feel like I'm enjoying the way these characters are playing with each other. Um, yeah, and, and I will say this. For even my my minor quibbles, um, this movie never overstays its well. Yeah, and the film is short, sharp, and to the point, yep. and, and, you know, like, shuffles off stage very, very quickly uh, when it knows when it, you know, like, we've we've had enough of this gag. Yep. Um, so I really, I really dug it for that. And again, I just, I gotta, gotta emphasize, Sam Richardson as the lead uh, and, and sort of anchoring the point of view of this thing is just so on point. 
mm-hmm. uh, and such a delight that that it kind of it, you can weft through and coast through the rest of this movie just on him alone. I mean, the uh, whole cast. Yeah. I gotta say, uh, uh, even De- like Catherine Curran uh, mm-hmm. um, as uh, Janine, who owns the inn, yeah. or oh man, Harvey uh, Guglielmo who uh, plays uh, Guillermo in, yeah, yeah, in What We Do in the Shadows. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh, uh, and, and Rebecca Henderson. Uh, who played Dr. Harris, Dr. Ellis. Dr. Ellis. Uh, was such, like, the perfect, like, cracked-out doctor character. Yeah, like, I, didn't, was... I didn't quite understand what was happening with her. That was just, that's you. just a trope, I yeah, think, yeah. like the the weird doctor, because <laughs> yeah. you have to, because because science makes you crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, everyone everyone in this is delightful, and I think, I think the movie also really understands, you know, again, the sort of like there there's great things in this movie in terms of like understanding where our money is and so for example um it's uh sam parker's death the uh, the the person who's trying to drill a you know build an oil line through the yep. city or something like that uh his death involves a fairly large explosion and it's the true, film yeah. kind of like understands that hey maybe we don't have the budget to do this large explosion and maybe it's funnier if we cut to the furthest point and we just see something in the distance and then come back to it and it's like that's a real understanding of like where our limitations are mm-hmm. but we make that work as a strength for us and it's 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 so i just i i like seeing that as opposed to um you know, uh, something half-baked where your explosion doesn't work or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, I just think this is a really smart play. I will uh, say Sam Parker, Wayne, Wayne Duvall, um, that was a motive that I understood. And it was interesting because while I never thought he was the werewolf, you yeah. still don't know, like, did he kill the doctor? Right. Did he do this other thing? Like, and and that to me was, was very interesting, even though we don't fully explore it. Yeah. Like, um, like, because again, motive was clear. He wanted the pipeline built, and therefore he wouldn't mind knocking off the people that don't want the pipeline built in in and amongst this werewolf attack. So, like, that worked very well. I, um, I I think that's interesting though, in terms of like what we grapple onto, because I think I I have definitely done this in the past when a movie doesn't work for me, we try to figure out what it is that doesn't work, and we sort of we start to. Um, pull towards things that like plot and mechanics and that sort of thing, um, and then when it does work, we can we can forgive the most ridiculous things. And and uh, Blake Howard, a recent guest, sort of talked about like what is the reality that we're willing to accept within a movie because it's all fictitious, mm-hmm. and there's just certain limits to what we'll accept in terms of fictionality, depending upon our enjoyment of the of the piece. And I always go back to the rules I believe the movie is trying to portray, and does right. it follow them? Like, a yeah, do I enjoy them? Sure, but that's like kind of the easy like are you tall enough to ride this ride sort of thing it's 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 more the ah movie told me that a is true and it's unless it's trying to subvert my expectations in a way like or there were other rules that were also true and like those rules let you break the first rule or like whatever that's when when, when a movie just forgets its rules that's when it get uh, that's when i think i i lose track and this movie didn't do that much at all i think just the motivation part for certain characters was was my only little like bump in the ride right um uh, that and i think the 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 edgaritisms as we've sort of just sort of <laughs> called it in particularly the transitions because again uh both edgar Wright uh and and uh josh rubin are are excellent blockers as you said uh, it's it's just yeah. I think this is the other thing too. This is the weird thing. I would recommend this movie to most people. Yeah, I would. I would have no trouble recommending this movie. I think to it's a fun, a fun night in flick. Yeah, or going out to the theater if you're comfortable with that. Uh, it it's enjoyable. It's you know what I'll, I'll give this its compliment. It it can <laughs> ride a lot of different preferences. Right, I feel like like yeah. this is a movie that a lot of different people who enjoy certain aspects of film can enjoy. Yeah. Um, it is a bit of a chameleon in that way. I think it can it, it or not a chameleon. It's 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 the blanket it casts is wide. Um, right, but it's also good. Like that, I think yeah. I think that's fundamentally a thing about it that that really does work is that it's made with care and craft, and it has at the very center of it this kind of delightful interaction. Uh, between characters that really makes it stand out. Like, I, I, I actually, I just think that it's kind of filled with um, a, a kind of comedic timing and a sense of space and blocking and, and sort of structure that is really uh, not 
necessarily rare, but very difficult to do well. And mm. and what's what's great about this is it it feels effortless, you know, like it feels like like this is just what they're good at. Um, yeah, and, and, and the film understands that. And they're all having a, a fucking great time. Yeah, yeah, like you can kind of feel that in in all of the scenes, particularly particularly the ones where everyone is on set. Yeah. Like it does just feel like it's a bunch of people like loving that they can sort of like go big yeah and 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 have it all work with what others are doing yeah exactly and i i I really enjoy that quality about this film i think i think as well you know the fact that it's it's a smaller independent film as well means that i'm kind of rooting for it a little bit more you know as am i i am again i please do not take my my slight poo-pooing of of minor elements as as wishing this movie ill will i think this movie is very fun and i and i think it will be a thing that has a continual sort of snowball slow growth audience like yeah. I could see this becoming sort of a fun culty thing 10 15 years down the line like yeah. it, it it has that vibe to it yeah um I hope I, I hope it doesn't spawn a sequel that listens like like that's that listens what's great about this first one which seems to be built in so much to the cast yeah Right? I don't. You know, I mean, like, this doesn't seem like there's a sequel. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. If enough money is on the table, anything is a sequel. Oh, right? true. Like, yeah. If enough, if this makes enough money or does something, I'm sure there's every reason to do a sequel to this. Uh, but no, I I really do truly think this was a. This is my my main thought while watching this. And this was a film I had to watch during the day. Um, I had to like block out time for work. Uh, around this, uh, because of my my schedule this week, and I and usually that's often I'm plagued by the sense that I need to be going back to work or uh. you know something like that. Like I'm I'm doing a bunch of tasks and then I stop and I watch the movie and I'm often thinking the movie about the the things that I have to go back to. But this is one where I was like, man, what a delightful hour and fifty minutes that was. <laughs> you know, like what a like what a blast to have that in the middle of my day. Uh, you know, like I was just delighted by by what I saw. Well, here's here's a question: uh, Was there anything that you didn't like? I mean, I think the points that you make about its um, predictability are certainly true. Um, however, well, I that didn't bother you though. It just didn't bother me yeah. as I was watching it because I was so enamored by what was at the heart of this. Yeah, no, I, I just meant what I, I just was curious because it seems like this is an overall 10 out of 10 for you. I, I just didn't know if there was like a minor thing like, ah, well, well this thing happened or whatever. But again, not again, those things I don't mean, take we, away we from We talked anything. about, um, you know, like uh, the film that it kind of reminded me of was uh, the, the Paper Tigers, which is a sort of um, a film that is a small independent film that we kind of want to champion because we you know we like everything that everyone's doing but it's not a, th- that was not a film that really landed for me sure i think i think what this film does well it does exceptionally well and and does better than most films will ever do uh in terms of like that that ability to have all these characters play with each other in fun and surprising ways. Yeah, and uh, I agree with that a lot. I, yeah. I just, uh, I was, uh, I guess it's easier to do when there's something about something that doesn't work. I just, I like, I, I always like, I always like the exercise of like, okay, this movie, I love this movie. What's something I don't like about it? <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, I'm sure, like, this is not... Um, and again, if you don't the have greatest one, you don't movie have of the year so, or anything yeah. like that for me, but I just think that as a piece of fun entertainment and one that uh, displays a level of discipline and craft and structure that 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 understands what makes a good piece of entertainment, I think this works on this works on that level so well that that you know, like any minor qualms I have, are kind of like brushed away by the fact that. You know, it is an hour fifty of my time that I never, I never thought about. You know, like I never thought about sure. the clock. I never thought about like, well, that doesn't quite work. I mean, there's there's little things that I was like, as a director, when I watch, I go, oh, you know, I might have timed that out differently. But that's not to say that they they were timed out badly in this. Situation. Or that your talking, idea would be better. It's just the thing that you. Yeah, it's just yeah. the way that I think about things that it's slightly different. But but I think you know, like I even think the sort of allusion to Edgar Wright in this. Um, works really well. I mean, I, I would have said that the the sort of 
earthly pleasures of a film like um, Murder on the Orient Express, the original uh, Sidney Lumet film. Oh, not the, not the remake? Not the Kenneth. Well, I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I actually, The remake wasn't bad. The remake, because it's based on the same Agatha Christie book, um, you know, you know, which has this sort of contention, which has this sort of beautiful... Uh, extrapolation of the whodunit, uh, which is to, to the the spoiler for that story is what if everybody done it? Uh, <laughs> um, because because that is playing on the expectations of that genre in a sort of interesting way. And I think you know, like yeah, there there is something about this. By the time we get to um, uh, uh, is it, uh, Finn and Cecily in a room together. You know, we kind of we we've we've stepped ahead of the where the movie is kind of leading us at that point. Um, but but that said, I, you know, I think for what it is, this is exceptional at what it's trying to do, and and for that reason. I yeah I give it a huge recommend I like I'm I'm like please watch this I think like you said it is such an entertaining uh, fun night like I like I remember um, was it Army of the Dead you know you were like well I would recommend this to some people because they like that genre I was like I would never recommend this movie to anybody right because I just think that it's such a drag of a movie and I was like this is something where even if I think it's slight in places or you know it can be occasionally predictable I think this is so fun. And such a you know effortlessly entertaining movie um, that this is like a, a recommend for everybody. Um, so you know, like I I, I I understand the exercise of thinking about things that I like and I don't like, but I also appreciate the exercise of 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 coming out with a knit of where we land on a movie and why we land on a movie that way. And I think for me, I land on this movie because it's demonstration of understanding what works for the audience. Um, is so. It, it, this is a weird way to phrase it, but it's so delightful. It's yeah. so charming. Well, I mean, and again, yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry if I was if I was <laughs> positing a question that that didn't really have an answer because it is also okay, dear listeners, to uh, not think a movie has any problems because you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that's a hundred percent a okay. But um, but I but I guess what I'm saying is as well is that it's not. I, I'm not just saying it's. Um, I enjoyed it and therefore nothing works about it or, or, you know, things that didn't work don't bother me. What I'm saying is the things that really work about it are really, really great. You know, like the, 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 but the things the that thing. I like, like about that, it. That, that's the same, that's the same thing extrapolated backwards. Like it, it, it and again, I don't think there's a problem with it. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think about the, the sort of logic game that we're playing here, Who? which, uh, which Who? is that, I think this does what it does better than most movies that try to do this. Right. That's that. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at here. Right. That, and you can't. It's, and- it's not that it's just okay and passing the buck here. That, that well, thing none of that us it does. That. that thing that it does is so hard to do. And most movies that we have talked about that try to do this kind of inter- like I would even posit that I enjoyed most character interactions in this film often more than I enjoyed them in Knives Out. Which is a much you know, which is a much bigger movie. I love Knives Out, but I'm just saying from a as a as a memory exercise, I found this so charming and delightful. Um yeah. that, and that, again, that that works for me so well. I am I am a hundred percent on board. I think you can you can absolutely love a movie and you don't have to find a bad thing about it. It can just work for you. I am I am there. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted I wanted that you experience. wanted that experience right yeah. um, and just because I didn't get it doesn't mean it doesn't deliver it in certain ways to certain people yeah. uh, and 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 uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm being a broken record here but I uh, would still absolutely 100% recommend this to most everyone yeah um, I think it's super fun I think the characters are delightful I think it took uh, a baseline whodunit based off a video game, based off a tabletop game, based off probably other cinema and novels, etc., and turned it into something really, really fun that resonated with our current day and age. And if that's not what a, uh, a adaptation is supposed to do, I don't know what it is supposed to do. In, so, in, in, in that way, I think the the adaptation is like I think that question that we sort of asked in the beginning about you know what type of video game adaptation it is. The adaptation is really it's it's like you said it's the direction we should be moving in, which is pull the essence of the thing yeah. and make it into a movie, not try to wield a movie to 
replay the essence of what made that thing a video game. Because here's where this wouldn't have worked if they went a certain direction. Mm. If they didn't have the care and the craft and the casting of these characters, right? And the and the actual feeling and the, I mean you even brought up certain characters sort of like having chemistry. I feel like all of them had chemistry between each other in the ways their character was supposed to. I thought like the web was very strong. Yeah. Um if they did not focus on that this would have fallen apart. Not just because it wouldn't have been as enjoyable to watch the characters interact, but because interesting and loud and frenetic interaction is at the core of what makes the game Werewolf. Right. Like, that's what it is. So, yeah. and they're not, and because you can't have that exact one-to-one -one interaction in a non-interactive medium, they're like, okay, that's a special thing from the game. Let's make sure that in our movie that we're using this IP for, we make sure that we can get across the, the closest thing we can in the cinematic experience, and that is chemistry between all of the different characters. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe what I was, I was thinking is that the if um, I'm not sure what the gameplay mechanic is in the actual video game. You've if never played, like, even at a party, like, even at a summer house, that one summer house we went to where you came uh, to, you didn't... You I, don't... I don't recall, no. <laughs> it's like you sit around a table, and you all have cards or something in front of you. And the video game is similar to this, but it's just digital. Yeah. And you, uh, you know, it's you, everybody closes their eyes, but a person who knows they're a werewolf, or if there's two of them, opens their eyes and can sort of see each other, and mm. then they close their eyes, and then they have to, like, keep their thumb up or something with everyone's eyes closed, and then there's normally one person who's, like, the werewolf hunter who knows who the werewolf is because their thumbs are up and they you basically open and close your eyes at different spots and then everyone opens their eyes and debates right and if you don't get it right then the werewolf has a chance to kill somebody and you all close your eyes again and then someone's dead and like so it's all like and you can choose to kill somebody and maybe yeah. it's a person like and i'm super simplifying it there's millions yeah. of different home rules but that's the experience it's right. blaming people oh i what i meant was i i i don't know what how the mechanics of the game work you know, like in terms of like the actual video game, like what what how what they do in the video game. And I think what's cool is that they it doesn't feel like whatever those mechanics might be that make it a video game aren't even thought about in this because it's like this is not our medium. Our medium is people talking to each other and, you know, like and having those interactions, which, as you're describing, is the original game. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's oddly specific about what it understands about the video game uh, about like this game but also understands what how to translate that into a movie which mm -hmm. as we discussed in mortal Kombat, uh what was it what was mortal Kombat? it's just called? mortal Kombat. oh was it just called mortal Kombat? you know mortal like Kombat. has this sort of like you know repeats gameplay mechanics in a way that like makes you feel like oh they saw that it was like th that thing which is like i understood that reference because they brought it out from the video game but it's like mm -hmm. but that doesn't make necessarily a good movie moment and and that's what I think really, really plays here in terms of that that question about, um, you know, we, we've sort of debated that question about like what makes a video game adaptation is like, well, it's just got to be a good movie. You know, like it's got to be fundamentally, it's got to be a good movie. Yeah, because and, that's, that's and, the and medium most you're of the adapting time, it to. Yeah, and most of the times what we're seeing is they're just not good movies, you know, on their own terms. Um, so I think that's what that's that's what I really uh I, you know, like that question about it being a video game movie and you're saying like, I'm not sure if it is or it isn't or, you know, like. It no, it is. is. I just don't but, register it as it initially. That's where and, I'm and, at. And I, and I, well, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like that is the feature, not a bug. You know what I mean? Like, I think sure. that's the, that's the thing that actually makes this work in that, in that respect. I don't think, I don't think that feature or bug, whatever you want to keep it, is Anything that has anything to do with it, for me anyway, like the the level of enjoyment I can have with a thing. Mm. Um, I you know, for instance, and I know this isn't a movie, but I, it's the most expensive thing that HBO is ever doing. So I'll just use it as an example: the Last of Us series that's coming out. Like mm. I'm in, I'm keenly aware that 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 is from a video game. Yeah, but like if it's great, I won't care. Yeah, because that because you will have transcended that yeah. adaptation boundary. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, this has been the only podcast about the film Werewolves Within. We did it. Are, are we? 
Are we? I, I basically listen. I've had my thumb up the whole time, and I don't know if you've noticed that. No, because you you. It's weird, listeners. You don't know this, but Shahir only gives me the microphone and his mouth, like yeah. in the window. Like it's just. It's kind of. I think it's a power move. Yeah, um, it really is, uh, and it works. Yeah. Um, I I you know. I would love to make myself into a Max Headroom. That's what I really like to do is uh, is to Whoa. make myself into a Max Headroom style uh, video that you could watch. Uh, and glitch out at the same time as well. I feel like you are uniquely positioned with what you do for a living to make that a reality. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised no one's made that filter for TikTok or Snapchat yet. I'm sure they have. We just don't look at it more than like once every two weeks, and it's <laughs> yeah. already flown by. Again, I, I forget if I mentioned this on, on the show, but I was um, I was playing. What was I playing? I was playing Apex uh, with Alex Lospec Gamer. And I made some reference. I don't remember what it was. And he's like, oh, man, you've been watching too much TikTok. And I was like, TikTok? Nah, dude, I'm just old as hell. Like, apparently it was like I was referencing something from the 80s that must have had a TikTok moment. Must have had a moment. Uh, And I, of course, didn't know what the hell was going on. Anyway, (laughs) Shahir, when you are not... Wondering why you're growing hair in all these strange places. Where can folks find you? You can find me howling at the moon at my website at www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Matt, uh, when you are not accusing your good friends of being murderers before you try to kill them yourself, where can people find you? You can find me and my impeccable judgment <laughs> over at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and PSN, or Emperor MSK on Twitter. I slowed it down. People have asked me to slow it down. I thought it was being cute and funny, and apparently I'm not. Um, uh, that, that should be the tagline for our, uh, for our I thought, podcast. I thought I, I, thought I, was, I was being cute and funny, cute and funny and apparently I'm not. I'm not. Um, man, we got a lot of we got a lot of a lot of movie films coming up. Uh, Suicide Squads or the Suicide Squads coming out? Excuse me. The Suicide me. Squad is coming uh, out. I'm currently, uh, with embargo still going on or just coming up or whatever, has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But I, that means nothing. I just find it funny. Yeah. Um. So that's I, neat. I think that movie has everything kind of going for it as an underdog tale at this point because yeah. it's like the reemergence of James Gunn. The uh, reconfiguration of this uh, of this uh, universe or uh, of these characters, or even just property, yeah, yeah, of this property, I, I think it just has a lot going for it, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's uh, not not to say that there isn't uh, an impeccable skill and craft at play. Just saying, everyone wants this thing to win. Yeah, and I will say this, and it's not coming out soon, but and I know you don't watch trailers, Shahir, but Dune. I feel like I should read the book. I, I'm, you I'm should of... read the book. The book is excellent, but the trailer is Chef's Kiss. Right. Like, ah, and, and you know what? It, it, it's in my mind. It now cannot be middling. It will either be genius or a total trash fire. I, like, I look. Danny Villeneuve has nev- has not let me down, even in things I don't of his that I think are middling. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's not like I, I like we we joked about this. Sicario is a movie that I fundamentally always watch and go. I don't think this works, but I always <laughs> watch it. Like I'm always watching Sicario, and I'm always like whenever Sicario is on, I'm always like, "Yep, that's what I'm doing." Now I'm watching Sicario, but it's a movie I just go. I don't think this works, but I'm always there. Right. So uh, I am I am so there for uh, whatever Villeneuve has to put up on screen. Um, there is a bunch of things coming out. Um, oh, pig. We keep pig. talking about pig. We, we keep talking about pig. Uh, also, uh, in the in the animals as uh, as part of our existence uh, genre, the trailer for Lamb came out recently, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as I noted, as a as a person who comes from a country with uh, forty million sheep, I think it's actually less than that, but we just sort of joke that there's four million people and forty million sheep. Uh, I, this movie feels important to me. Sure. <laughs> and so I'm there for that. There's a lot coming out. Please email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com with whatever it is you're watching and you would like to recommend to us. Yeah. Uh, we will definitely try it out. Uh, yeah. Hey, and it, everybody, if you've made it to this part, if you've made it this far in, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we do that enough, but <laughs> thank you for listening. This is a labor of love for Shahir and I. Our schedules have gotten stupid busy. And uh, it's often difficult to find the time to actually record these. We do love doing them. 
Uh, and and the reason why I think we keep going, otherwise it would just be us at like a bar down the street having this conversation, uh, is because y- you all do turn up and you've shared this and you've told people to listen. And that just does actually mean a lot. So thank you very much for your continued support of us uh, doing this. It's uh, it's I realize we do this like six and a half, seven years or some shit. Yeah, I know. I know. Isn't that sad? Uh, I mean, but that's the thing. I don't think it is. People... <laughs> Be, I, I I don't know. I think it's fucking beautiful. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. We very much appreciate it. And um, and we highly recommend you watch this movie because I also think this is a movie, this is a discovery movie, like in terms of yeah. this is a movie to be discovered and enjoy and tell other people about. And it's so great. So please go. do that. All right, everybody. We will talk at you next week. I now bequeath your ears back to you. Unless you're here, do you want to use them for anything else in the last bit here? I have been practicing death metal, um, okay, rage okay. metal for a little while. So but maybe like maybe like 15, 20 minutes of of your practice. You're just and, me screaming really badly. Yeah, but okay, you, so, here's the thing: I'm not good at it. Oh, well, that's so fine. That's just, fine. They're I'm already just here. Tend, yeah, I just tend here. to whisper softly. I like, buttered them up. Uh, so go for it. That's like ASMR. That's not metal. I know, but that's I'm not good at this. Okay. I told you that. Fair. Now I'm raging. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>